You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome in, Utah fans. I know it is not the lovely voice of Brian Brown greeting you on this lovely Friday, but it is me, Sammy. Um, I am here today for a very, very, very special episode of Locked On Utes with my friend, my mentor, just everything good about this world. Michelle Bodkin. Michelle, how are you today? I'm so good, Sammy. Thanks for having me on. I'm so thrilled to be here and talking some women's sports with you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming on. So um, as y'all can tell by the title of this lovely episode, we're talking gymnastics today. Um, You know, Utah has a huge meet tonight against Oklahoma. But before we jump into that, um, some big news came up off the hill on Thursday. Tom Farden, head coach, extended through 2026. Michelle, I think you are on the same page with me about this, but how do you feel about this extension for Tom? This is a very, very good development for Utah. Uh, You know, when you're replacing people like the Marsdens that have been the front runners of the ship for the first 40, 43-ish, I think, years it was, of the entire program's existence and and really collegiate gymnastics as we know it today. There's a lot of question marks as to how it's gonna go. And, you know, the fact of the matter is Greg, several years beforehand started thinking about what is it I'm going to do when we retire and and he and Megan had these conversations for a long time I did an article about this a few years back after Megan finally called it quits and retired and uh you know they they went out and they scouted themselves a coach as much as they went out and scouted talent for the team and Greg stumbled upon Tom thought that he would be a great fit uh would be someone that he could kind of mold and mentor and eventually take over the program. And and that's exactly what happened. They brought Tom on as an assistant and he had been there for years and years and years. When Greg finally pulled the plug on his career with Utah, uh, they named Tom and Megan co-head coaches. And then Megan finally pulled the plug and it all became Tom's and you know, honestly, we haven't seen a drop off in anything, if at all anything, I, I think there's been a little bit of a boost to the program. And, and I think even Greg and Megan would probably admit as much, like he's just breathing new life, new ideas, keeping the same core of what it is that they developed and put in place, uh, but doing a few things that kind of make it his own. And, and you know, we're, we're starting to see the beginning of I think really where Tom can take this program. I completely agree. And I think it's also important to note that Tom did have those years of training under Greg Mm -hmm. and Megan, because there's only two coaches currently in collegiate gymnastics who have won a national championship. And that is KJ Kindler at Oklahoma and the coach at Michigan who won last year. So 
he's got a, it's like, he has a hard road in front of him to get to a national championship. And I think we'll talk about this later with the Oklahoma matchup, but they're in a great position. And I think having the, the leadership and learning from both Greg and Megan is fantastic. Um, and I think from like a personal standpoint, Tom is a fantastic dude. Yeah. Um, he makes a conscious effort to get to know us media, um, at meets, at practices and stuff. I remember the first season I ever, like, even when Megan and him were co-coaches, Tom would do all of the post-game media. Like, that was always his thing. And I think that's also to get him used to talking to the media and making sure he's yeah. not just laying all of his cards out on the table. And I think is I think Tom is fantastic. I think it's really good that they locked him in through 2026 because, you know, there were there I'm pretty sure there's been programs who have hit him up and been like, oh, no hey, doubt. like when he was an assistant being like, hey, you want to you want to come coach? For us? And I think I think that when he knew what he got hired as an assistant, I think he he saw the writing on the wall and said, I need to stick this out because if I can, I might have this program one day and where he has it and he's turning it around. Um, you know, recruiting his bump is like that. It's, it's booming again. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that the margins had less of a recruiting pull than Tom does because like, who wouldn't want to compete for Greg and Megan Marsden, like two of right. the best gymnastics coaches in history, but Tom's younger. Tom is aware of the ever-changing landscape of college gymnastics. And I think he's willing to adapt to it. Um, I think the biggest thing is the recruiting class that he landed this year in 2022 with, um, or 2021 with Grace McCallum, Kara Aker, Emily Morgan, and Sage Thompson. That's three Olympians and a junior, a junior Olympian that's on your roster. That's huge. Like that's, it shows him as a recruiter and it shows the respect that the program still carries to this day. Yes. No, completely agree. Uh, and you know, I think as we both know, college gymnastics has gone very tricky as of the last year, couple of years. Uh, if I recall correctly, I think Tom's first year solo uh, was the year that it came out really about all the Michigan state stuff mm-hmm. and the Olympic national team stuff. And it just, like what a what a hard thing to actually no Megan was still there but Tom was was, was over I think the, it was I think it was Megan's last it was year Megan's last year yeah Michaela was still on the team and right. I remember yeah, us getting, yeah, yeah. I remember us getting an email from the then um, SID Liz Abel saying you are not allowed to talk to Megan McKenna or Michaela about this you are not allowed to talk to Megan about this you are not allowed to talk to this talk about this um, situation with anyone in the program right so. However, I do remember the one thing I did ask Tom, um, and I think this was after, was this after, it was either after Pac-12s or it was after nationals, I, or excuse me, regionals. I think it was regionals. And my question was, with all this stuff swirling around, being a male coach in a predominantly female locker room, you know, what is your message to these girls and how, how does that make you think about, you know, being a source of comfort and, and being friendly, but not in a way that makes anybody uncomfortable. 
And like his answer blew me away. I don't even remember specifically what he said, but it, it was the right thing to say. It, he was on on the money for it. And, uh, you know, that that's the kind of guy that Greg and Megan knew that they were bringing into the program. And now he's fully in charge of it. And, and you can just kind of see that like, they really, he has a great relationship with his athletes. Like Mm -hmm. they kid around and joke with each other. And like, I think just about every time we go into uh, interviews after the fact, you know, those girls say something that kind of rips on him, like just a funny little quip about, Oh, Tom, like, yeah, you know, whatever it may be that particular day. Uh, and it's just so funny and it's so cute how, how they interact with each other. And, and obviously those results are starting to show on the gym meet floor as well. It's kind of the same thing with Utah football. I think Wit started loosening up a little bit. And as a result, the players are a lot looser and, you know, they're, they're just, they're playing better as a result. And I think we're kind of seeing that in gymnastics as well for Utah. And it's exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, Going back to that point where you made about the gymnasts doing fun things around like about Tom and stuff. Like I remember they had a TikTok on the Utah gymnastics TikTok account where it's like impersonate your coach and all of them. were so funny with their Tom impressions. And like, the thing is, is like, we see this because Mm -hmm. the way that he reacts to these girls, because you have those coaches that like, these girls could have the most perfect routine on the entire planet. And then the coach just kind of comes up and just gives them a nice high five. Like Tom is getting as hyped as he can with these girls. The pointed fingers for the stick. The pointed (laughs) fingers for the stick, the iconic (laughs) moment. whatever I I've noticed on vault a lot he always does like the like the little like the punching of the air mm-hmm, yeah um, that's a very Tom thing too but he is also he's just an energy ball like huh. if the team is down like he will be able to pu- like pull them up but overall I think this is a really I think it's really great for Harlan to make sure that they keep him here yes. because college gymnastics coaching you don't see a lot of turnover usually and like when you do see turnover it's a lot of the smaller schools like these Mm -hmm. big powerhouses unless someone's retiring there's not a lot of turnover so you when you get a coach you want to make sure that you are like locked in and dialed in for them and I I I applaud Mark Harlan for acknowledging that he has his coach right here he has the guy who's young young enough to keep this program going for quite a few years if he desires and and saying cape you've earned it here's 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 your check here's an extension now go out and win us a natty yeah oh yes absolutely i and i think they're starting to get close uh the the depth this year as far as far as i can tell and i mean got tested a little bit their first meet we'll we'll see as the season goes on mm-hmm. uh but they're just able to rotate people in and out, I think, with a little more ease as situations come up to give people a rest. Uh, I, Miley O'Keefe made a comment after last week's meet that uh, it's, you know, it's nice that she doesn't have to always compete all around. And if she can't compete all around, then it's like, 
well, who's going to step in and fill in this little space or this spot? And, and as it turned out, you know, she didn't compete all around this past week. She, she took a break. She, I think, I don't Rested remember. On the was floor. It, uh, I was going to say, was it three out of four or was it two out of four that she yeah. competed this Rested week? Rested on floor, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I don't, I can't remember if she competed on the vault. I should, I'm, I'll should check on that. I, you know what? I don't think she did. I don't think, I think she only competed two events, but whatever the case, you know, it's, it's just great because she is one of their better athletes and to be able to rest her in a meet that you don't necessarily need her for in order to win it is a fantastic thing. And, you know, we're going to see more things like that as the season comes up. There was a scary situation with Kara Eaker uh, warming up on vault and they had to make a quick switch with Jillian Hoffman, uh, you know, and, and that was a seamless thing. Jillian came in and landed them a, a solid score. In you her know, first, her first her ever first. scored vault of her college career. Exactly. You know, I mean, she was pure ice in, in that moment. And, and it literally was, it was like a last second decision to put her in because Kara couldn't go. So Again, we got a little taste of the depth in the best of Utah meet. I suspect we'll, we'll see that put to use a little bit more as, as the weeks go on, uh, but Utah's in good shape. And, and I think they are one of the favorites to potentially win it all in 2022. What a great way to end this segment, Michelle. Um, so we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our March to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football to basketball to hockey to boxing to UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And we're back. Um, we're joined as all, or not as always, but we're joined by Michelle Bodkin of Utes.com of many, many, many places, things, um, all fantastic. Um, and we're talking a little gymnastics. I know we touched on the best of Utah meet in the last segment, but Michelle, I want to get your thoughts on the meet. You know, we both have strong feelings about the best of Utah meet. Um, <laughs> we'll put those aside for that for right now, but what were your thoughts on this first scored showing for the Red Rocks? I know we had the Red Rock preview, but that really doesn't carry any weight whatsoever. So what were your thoughts? It, it was really great to see this team go out and have to face some adversity. I thought overall they handled themselves really well. Uh, it was not a perfect meet. It was not the best Red Rocks meet I have ever watched in my life. Uh, but you can see that they'll get better and they'll get stronger as the season goes, goes on. I, I feel like they kind of did what they needed to do in meet one, which was deal with whatever adversity comes along, which they did. 
And they hit that kind of magical 197 number as a team. Now, granted, you and I have both talked about in order to actually bring a natty home, they need to start hitting like high 197s and probably even 198s. But it's something that they can build upon. It's something that they can improve upon. Uh, it's a much better score than what they got at last year's meet, uh, which shouldn't be shocking to anyone because COVID was just really weird uh, and put some really weird restrictions on what they could and couldn't do. Uh, and I think that affected what we saw last year. Uh, who knows how that may play into this year so far it hasn't but hey you know things are getting spicy and interesting on that front so <laughs> I mean I'm like I'm like every, like for those of you who don't know I will not be in attendance to the meet on Friday uh, my little brother tested positive for COVID so I am currently in quarantine uh, my test results have yet to come in from this uh, testing site so we're just waiting on that but it's gonna be it's gonna be a journey, honestly. This season, I think like there's already been a a crap ton of meets canceled. Teams have like flip flop meets. Iowa's meet got canceled, and now they jumped in at the last minute, and they're gonna go on a uh, a trio with oh, UCLA and uh, uh, Minnesota, which is in the world of gymnastics, it's not as last minute as if it was like football or basketball right. or something like that because you there's no defense. There's mm -hmm. no one you need to prepare for, like scouting wise. It's just you go out and you do your thing. Yeah, you do your best. You do your best <laughs> and you come back. So, <laughs> and like, I think I agree. You, the best of Utah is always like, it's a hit or miss meet. Like, usually mm -hmm. it's always the first meet of the season. So, it's never, you're never going to see the best gymnastics of the season at best of Utah. No, like, never. Um, Utah did, Brian did inform me on Tuesday that Utah did score their highest they've ever scored in best of Utah though. So that's impressive okay. given the circumstances. But if you also right. think about it, they had one misfire on every single event. Yes. You start off with Abby Paulson slipping and falling on beam, not off, but like she fell onto her butt on the beam, which is on so the beam. Yeah. Which was so funny. Like it was funny. You and I sitting there watching this and Josh Furlong was with us as well. And kind of, you could see people in the crowd going, was that part of her routine? <laughs> yeah. And then I got a text from my mom after the meeting. She's like, Abby looks pissed. And I was like, yeah, she's fuming right now. Yeah, she, she messed up and she knew, knows it, but it was like the weirdest mess up ever. It's one of the least common mess ups I've seen on Yeah, beam. You usually see girls like just tippy tumble right off, but like she Her, just like slipped and just wavy swirls. Yeah. Like, like the inflatable, the inflatable thing outside of like a car dealership. Like it's right, usually a lot yeah. of that. Um, and then you go to floor for your second rotation and Lucy Stanhope steps out, which mm -hmm. If it's a consistent issue that we see throughout the season, then maybe that's something we bring up. You got to remember they're competing on podium. So that means it is a raised floor off the ground. They're not competing like straight onto like the hard ice of the Maverick Center. Um, it's bouncier is it's, what we're saying. It's bouncier. There's, There's a lot way more, more bounce. And you're bouncing on a spring mat. So you're going to get a little bit more air. So I'm not, I, that one again is like a, like an uncharacteristic thing. You have Kara Akers, very, very, very unfortunate injury that happened during one touch warmups on vault, which then led to Jillian Hoffman being thrown in. But given the situation, Jillian did score a nine, eight, uh, a nine, eight on a nine, nine, five scored vault. Um, so nine, nine, five was, would have been the highest possible score she was able to get with the vault she competed with, but she came out with a nine, eight 
pretty impressive for being thrown in at the last minute. But I think on that note, Tom mentioned post meet. He's like, I prepare these girls for chaos. Yes. And if they don't know chaos in practice, they're not going to react to chaos in a meet. So he said that he will like throw people like throw people in at like the last minute in practice and be like, Hey, here's this, like, Hey, this happens. Hey, this happens. And we saw that live in action on Friday with, with uh, Kara going down. Hopefully she has a speedy recovery. Hopefully her ankle injury is nothing too serious, especially because she has such a promising career at Utah. It's you and I were talking about it post me. It sucks that her Olympic dreams had to be ended because of COVID um, because she tested positive. And now her first collegiate meet, she gets hurt. Yeah. It's it's very unfortunate. And then rounding out the miscues was Grace McCallum on bars, just losing momentum from yep. the high bar to the low bar and then just stepping off, like letting go of the low bar and just standing there. And I looked at you and I locked, looked at Furlong and I said, did she just fall? <laughs> and then Furlong was like, yep. Yep, was. pretty much. And I remember I was recording that routine just so I could have it. And you just see her just not get the second full giant full like around yeah. that high bar. And she just like just lost the momentum. So which is uncharacteristic for her as well. Right. Yes. She's very, very good at bars. Uh, so not characteristic at all. I would be shocked if we ever see that again. I'm not entirely sure what happened there. Mm-hmm. Uh but all, all things to her credit, she, she finished it really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's interesting watching when some of those miscues happen. And it's the same actually with Abby and even Lucy. Like they all finished very strong. And that's a good sign as well. Because it's, it's really easy when you step out of bounds, when you have a big wobble on beam or, or fall, or you don't quite finish on bars, that it just rattles you and, and you don't finish as strong as you could. And I think if I remember correctly, every single one of them finished as if the mistake had not happened, which is good. And so, you know, I don't expect these things to be on their minds, you know, the rest of the season or, you know, something that, that plagues them because they're worried about it from meat to meat. Like I, I, those were in my mind, one-off mistakes Mm -hmm. and uh, they shook them off. They finished strong and, you know, I'm excited to see how they do this week against maybe more motivating competition. That's a dig. Just kidding. It's not. <laughs> it's, the <laughs> truth. it's the truth. But it's a thousand percent the truth. And I think I think you make a good point about these girls not being shaken because I know last year, so Abby scored a perfect 10 on beam her freshman year at UCLA. And we were kind of like, wow, Abby, you're fantastic, which she is. Yes. But last year she was competing in the anchor spot for the first four meets of the season. And every single time, so anchor spot is your last spot in your lineups. Mm-hmm. She was competing in that anchor spot, which usually is the most high pressure spot in your entire lineup. And she was falling off the beam every single time because I think the pressure was getting to her. As soon as Tom switched her, he put Miley in the anchor spot and he put her in the five. She was fine. She was yeah. fine. So I think that you could say it was first meet jitters. You could say it was like, they're not competing on the equipment they're used to competing on at the Huntsman. You could, there's a lot of things you could say, yeah. but 
a lot of these mistakes were off mistakes and I don't see it being a consistent issue. But was there anyone who stood out to you or impressed you or surprised you on Friday of last week? Well, I, I wouldn't say anyone surprised me. Like you go to a Red Rocks meet and you're pretty darn sure that everybody's going to be very good. And because they're always very good when you don't finish lower than 10th place in the entire history of this thing. And you've made every single championship meet. Yeah. Like there's just an expectation. It's like, it's like my buddy that cheers for Ohio state. Like there's just an expectation when you roll in every year, they're going to be good. And, and so, yeah, no, no like surprises, I would say, uh, you know, Crystal Issa was very impressive. She won the MVP award in, in that meet, uh, and was her solid bubbly little self that she always is. And, um, you know, I, I thought the freshman Olympians looked like Olympians. Uh, you know, they didn't look like freshmen. They absolutely looked like they had been there before, even though there, there was a mistake or two. Um, but again, it's, it's the, just not being rattled by it. Uh, and, and nobody seemed overly shocked at being around a crowd. And this week's going to be an even bigger test, I suspect, in that realm. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just those girls came out and they performed like they had been there. Even though Miley O'Keefe didn't compete in the all around. I mean, she was her same just stout, confident, quietly confident almost to the point where you kind of forget about her. Like she's the weirdest talent that Utah has because she is so freaking good, like Mm -hmm. so good. But at the same time, you almost forget about her a lot of times. And it, I like, I don't know how to explain this, but it's, it's because she's so quietly good. She's not flashy. She's not in your face. She's not the little bubbly cheerleader type. She just goes out and does her, does her job, says the right things in post, and then moves on with her life. <laughs> I think I could, if we're making a football comparison between Miley or between Miley and like a player on the Utah football team, I would put her as a Clark Phillips, someone who is yeah. quiet, gets the job done, makes huge plays when you need it most, mm-hmm. and just kind of is like. Yeah, that's 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 what that's it is. What I do. <laughs> I think there's and there's some meets, there's some meets where she is more of like a Devin Lloyd where she puts the team on her back and she carries mm-hmm. them. But there's other times where she most times she is a very much a Clark where she's just consistent. I'm consistent. I'm gonna stay in my lane. I'm gonna do my job. But Crystal Issa was Pac-12 gymnast of the week. The Red Rocks swept the awards. Um Yes, they uh, did. Emily Morgan was the Pac-12 freshman slash newcomer of the week. Um, Jaden Rucker was the Pac-12 specialist of the week. And Jillian Hoffman earned the Coach's Choice Award, which goes the coaches in the conference pick one gymnast to honor each week. And Jillian was given that award this week, which is very impressive. But Good for her. Yeah, overall, overall best of Utah, not the, not the best, but not the worst. It was just kind of like a... We're here. It was just like, oh, gymnastics is back kind of meet. We're here so we don't get fined. Yes, that. (laughs) And with that, 
Um, we're going to take a quick break and we will see you momentarily. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our next sponsor, which is Built Bar. It's the new year. So that means new year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bars in your plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better at times. Personally, I'm a big fan of the Cherry Garcia, but they're made with 100% real chocolate. Built Bars make it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, unlike the other protein bars that can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. Go to built.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at builtbar.com. And we're back for the, I'm hoping, the first of many lengthy gymnastics conversations on this podcast um, with the fantabulous Michelle Bodkin. Um, This week is a very big meet for Utah uh, gymnastics, you know. You have Oklahoma rolling into town, number three versus number four, um, if I'm correct. I'm yes. pretty sure. Yes, three versus four. Utah will be four. Oklahoma will be three. Um, at the John M. Huntsman Center, huge meet at stake. Uh, Michelle, what are your what are your thoughts on Oklahoma? What are your thoughts on this meet in general and how you think the Red Rocks are going to perform? Well, I, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. It's it's one of those things, you know, people ask all the time, you know, how does the breakdown of gymnastics work compared to say like football, because that's just a much more familiar territory, especially for the board that we work for. Like it's, it's very football centric. So you and I are always making the best football related comparisons we can. So that people kind of understand what's going on within this meet. Uh, as far as, you know, how the top 25 ranking works in gymnastics, you know, outside of the top six, there, there's just a wide margin of, I would make an argument for 10 because you have some of those, like from like six to 10, like, I feel like that's, they're jockeying every single week. Uh, Okay. Like I'll, I'll give you that, but like, can, can we not agree, like, probably top four, some years top six, anything below that, like, it's just a wide margin of what you get. Yeah, Whereas, and some like, years, some years the, are tighter than others. Yes, like, last year's, last year's was all over the place. Yeah. Um, 2019, or 2020, before the season was canceled, was very, 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 like one through five was very tight in the rankings. And then when you got to six, it was like the gap between five and six was like the huge. Grand Canyon. It was like the yeah. Grand Canyon. It was huge. Exactly. Yeah. It's, very, it's an ebb and flow kind of thing with rankings and gymnastics. It's year to year. Well, and it's one of those things like, like you can see it too. And I remember the first year that I ever covered gymnastics, I think Michigan rolled into town and they were like, number 10 in the country and I was like sweet this will be a great matchup and I was like holy crap that's the number 10 team in the country they look like they're the 60th team in the country but okay here we go so you know it's it's just it's very very different from football where there's a lot of interchangeable parts and you can make an argument for but 
gymnastics, it's pretty cut and dry who the top teams are. And then from there, there's usually a very big gap. Mm-hmm. I, I think Utah and Oklahoma are quite well matched. Uh, you and I discussed a little bit on Sunday. I was watching the Ravens game. You were actually paying attention to the Oklahoma meet. Uh, but, you know, Oklahoma is replacing about a third of their routines, whereas Utah only had, what, one routine that they had to replace? Yeah, Emily LeBlanc is the only the only routine that they right. had to replace was on bars. Was on bars. Yep, exactly. So, you know, that's, that's going to be a very interesting thing. So Oklahoma's rotating in a lot more new talent than Utah is, whereas Utah has been working with these girls for a while. Uh, and yes, like some of the routines are going to be switched up and lineups are going to be switched up. But I think Utah's in a more sure place, even though they're ranked a little bit lower and, and this is a case where, again, in sports, the, the hot hand gets the benefit of the doubt. And Oklahoma, for sure, has been the hot hand uh, for, a, for a good long time. But I think Utah's starting to rise. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how this ultimately goes down. Uh, and, you know, you were giving me reports. Oklahoma was either very, very hot in their meet against Alabama or they were like dead fish cold. <laughs> it, just, it was kind of crazy. Some of the scores you were playing to me because uh, I, the, the one that was really shocking was the back-to-back tens on vault. That Which Catherine- I, re- I reviewed the, I reviewed the film. Sorry. Sorry. I reviewed the <laughs> film. The second one, the second 10 that they were given on vault should not have been a 10. I, there we go. Hot opinion because um, I can't remember who it was, but she clearly took a, a, like a, it was a hop. It was a small hop, but she took a hop on her landing, which therefore constitutes a deduction. Yes. Don't add us. But I mean, you can, <laughs> you can add us and I will take this to the grave. I will defend that. I will defend that take because that was not a 10 worthy vault, but whatever. I digress. Anyways. Sammy's kicking the internet. Beehive. I will fight. To get real interesting, real quick. I could fight them all. Um. (laughs) Anyways, um. But this is also important because this is the second meet in a home and home between Utah and Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Last year, the Utes were in Norman. Um, Oklahoma was number two at the time. Utah did drop that meet one ninety seven zero two five to one ninety six five. Um. So, and I remember watching that meet and I was like, this is going to go either way because it, they were back and forth. Like Utah was winning at one point and then they were losing and then they were winning again. And it was just all over the place. But last week in their first meet of the season, Oklahoma went up against Alabama um, in Norman, which they competed on Sunday. They flew out yesterday. They're going to be in Salt Lake today for tomorrow. It's a very short week. And I know this is getting a lot of these girls in postseason shape is what it's called because you usually right. do three meets in three days, depending on your ranking. But to be in a short week situation in week two is not a good look. It, it is a good look sure. because I get the scheduling and stuff like that. But you're putting already you're taxing these athletes bodies week two. It's, but it's brutal. It's insane. Some So here's some uh, important girls on Oklahoma's team to uh, mention. 
So Catherine Lavasser and Allie Stern both got tens on vault. Allie Stern was the one that I said. Right, the second vault. You can fight me on that one. Um, Jordan Bowers is their powerhouse freshman they have on roster this year. Reagan Smith is used to be one of their best gymnasts overall, but she fell off beam. She was in their anchor spot and she fell off, which was something we saw a lot of from her last season. Um, and then Audrey Davis is very good as well. Um, she's another all rounder. Yeah, I was gonna say should be noted she won the all all around in their meet against Alabama. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is Alabama's replacing a an all around national champion in Anastasia Webb. Um, Anastasia won it in 2021. And if there would have been a national championship in 2020, I'm pretty sure she might have won it in 2020. The only person I could see coming in reach with her is um, the the one girl from Michigan that her name escapes me right now. It starts with a W or oh, Trinity Thomas from Florida. Those are the only two girls that I could see coming with. Trinity's fantastic. Trinity's, I kind of forgot about her, but she's awesome. She's great. But Oklahoma, you know, the thing is with Oklahoma is they said that bars was their best event of the season. And they only scored a 49-475, which fans at home are probably listening to be like, that sounds pretty impressive. And Utah did only score a 49-225 on their event, but their bars routines, some of them I personally think were overscored. You know, you have um, a couple of nine nines on that lineup um, and a, a nine, nine, five, and then a couple of nine, eight, five. So and like I talked about on Twitter after the best of Utah meet, the first two meets scoring is so inconsistent and so yeah. over all over the place. It's either too high or it's too low. It never feels mostly just right. It's not until you get to like a couple of weeks before postseason, like to before championships or even postseason where scoring even feels remotely accurate. Um, but Alabama, you know, they I just don't know how to feel or Oklahoma. I don't know how to feel about them. You know, when they're hot, they're hot. And when they're not, they're not. I remember very strongly. I remember very vividly their one of their meets last season. I remember texting you and being like, they had four out of their six girls fall off theme. Right. Yes. Yes. I do remember that. That's not, if you want to win a national championship, you can't be doing that. No. And I and outside of outside of those two tens on vault they got their scores were nine seven seven five, two nine seven seven fives a nine point three because um, Jordan Bowers fell, and a nine seven five. How it's just it's wild to me that they had these two tens and then they had nine sevens and yeah. Bart and Kathy, the iconic gymnastics commentators for ESPN, were like, "Oklahoma's going to be the team to beat this year," and I was like. Mm-hmm. I think so early on not looking like it and they also tend to do this thing I don't know if it's just me noticing this or if it's just me making this up but it seems like every time they're like well so and so is uh, an icon on beam or something and nine times out of ten that person falls off and that is what happened to Reagan Smith on Sunday right. it's like icing the kicker yeah it's someone so weird. talks about this kicker hasn't missed in you know x amount of games sure enough they they missed Thank the you. easiest kick of their life it's wild without fail. Um, it is going to be sad that I'm not going to be at the Huntsman center, but I am very excited to watch at home because I get more angles and I get replays and I can go back in and and cut this to pieces. (laughs) So I'm excited for that. Um, Michelle, what do you think Utah needs to do to be able to get the victory? Even though we, we both know that if they lose this meet, it's not the end of the season. 
Right. I think it's important to note in gymnastics, it's more important what score you get. And again, we talked about it's important that you are at the very least hitting 197s. And if you get more than that, that's even better. Uh, and, and you can do that and even lose and still be in really good shape. It's, it's, it's one of the, it's a weird sport where sometimes you lose, but you don't really lose. You can lose and not fall in the rankings. Exactly. And you can lose and somehow still move up in the rankings. Yes. You can win and you can move down in the rankings because of how they do rankings with national qualifying score, which when we get more like closer to when national qualifying scores comes out, I will hopefully break it down for people more because it is it's, confusing. It's very confusing. It's confusing. Uh, but, you know, with that being said, I think their biggest objectives are going to be, you know, cleaning up what, what they kind of messed up last week, which means instead of hitting 22 of 24 of their routines, they want to hit 24 of 24. Uh, you know, I think they're going to want to try and get some higher scores there, um, in some places. And, and I think they probably will. I, I always think it helps when you're at home and your crowd is kind of prompting the judges to, uh, give your girls, give your girls the score. Oh, yeah. like, uh, and Utah's crowd is very, very educated and very into it. And, uh, they, rambunctious. they passionately let you know if the score pleases them or not. So there, if there is a score that Utah fans do not enjoy, there will be booing in the Huntsman. Lots it of is, booing. It is a constant thing. It's yes. like death taxes and Utah fans booing. But I think having the fans is an important thing to note because Utah does have one of the best atmospheres in college gymnastics. Oh. Um, watching that Oklahoma meet, they like the they had part of the Noble Center like curtained off like I thought I was in a Utah men's basketball game for a second because it was curtained off I was like so you guys can't fill up your your stands for a another top 10 matchup Alabama is in the top 10 for for women's gymnastics as well I know fans are probably like Alabama and like every sport now they have a really good program um and I'll give them that but top 10 matchup and they couldn't put butts in the seats whereas the Huntsman Center no matter if it's number two versus number four, or if it's Utah taking on the worst team in the country, that stadium, that arena is going to be packed. Cool and rocking. Yep. Cool and rocking. No. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, they still hold the record for NCAA, NCAA women's sport uh, attendance. Uh, they, they have the top attendance in any women's sport in NCAA collegiate sports, which is incredible, incredible. And it really is quite something to watch and behold because you do turn on a lot of women's sports and the arenas are empty or there's only half interest and that sucks and it's so sad. But team like Utah proves that there can be interest in women's sports if you market it right if you make it appealing, of course, winning helps, but it's not necessarily everything. Mm. And Utah has put in a lot of effort to make women's gymnastics a must attend event every year. And so these girls are conditioned 
to having good crowds. Like, like how many times have they commented in post game interviews, post meet interviews, how weird it is to go to other people's stadiums and it's dead quiet. Or even last year talking about how weird it was performing in an empty Huntsman center because they're used to it being full to bursting, which I, you know, we're not exaggerating on this. Like it literally there, they, I think they've had to turn people away at times because the arena has been filled to absolute capacity. They've stuffed as many people in there as they possibly can. And so for a big meet like this, it's going to be interesting again, because of the COVID uptick. I don't know if that's going to scare some people away, but I still expect a really, really big crowd because of just how big the opponent is. And it's, uh, it's going to play into, I think, a lot of how Utah does. I think they feed off the crowd and they love it, whereas I think it kind of rattles and unnerves the, the opposing teams that come in because they're just not used to that. Exactly. And I think it's you literally you took all the words out of my mouth like this is all of the same stuff I was going to say. And I think the only thing I want to add on this point before I ask you one final question before we wrap up is at the Red Rock preview, they always put balloons on the seats that are season tickets that are open in lower bowl. And I remember when I went to the Red Rock preview, there was only probably like five or six like seats mm-hmm. that were open for season tickets in the lower bowl. My family has season tickets, but we're up in the upper bowl, um, which are also, it's not that expensive to go to a gymnastics meet. I think they were doing tickets, like they did season tickets for gymnastics for Black Friday and Christmas for $20 a person. That's not bad. And you're going to see some of the best gymnastics in the world at your home stadium. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think I, I love the Huntsman center. I love going there for gymnastics meets and I think it's going to be amazing. Um, for those of you who are unable to attend, the meet will be on ESPN two starting at seven 30, seven 30 tomorrow night, mountain standard, standard time tonight. It's Friday. We're releasing this yeah. on a Friday. It'll be on at seven 30 tonight, mountain standard time. Um, Michelle and I will be running some stuff for utezone.com if you want to follow along on there. I might also be tweeting some opinions over there as well. But my last question for you, Michelle, before we wrap up is, who do you think is going to be the gymnast to watch for Utah tonight? I, I think it's twofold. I, I think we will see Grace McCallum take a step up as a freshman. Uh, I don't think that that miscue on bars sits well with her. And so I think, I think we're going to see something really special out of her tomorrow or tonight, excuse me. <laughs> tonight. It, it takes, I know, it takes right? some time to get used to it. So. Right. I'm speaking about the future. <laughs> yeah. We're recording in the past for those of you who don't know. <laughs> um, so I think, I think she's one and I, would suspect that Miley will be put in all around for this meet because it is a big meet and she's a heavy hitter for him. And she's just so rock solid, consistent every single time. So I I think Miley's going to have a really big meet for Utah as well. That's great. I was going to, I, I agree with Miley, but I also think Crystal. Yes. I have said this for the last two seasons and I will stick to it. Crystal is going to score a 10 on bars at some point this season. 
I would love um, it. I don't know if it's going to be this early in the season. She was very, very, very close a couple of times last season. Um, but I find, I think this is the year that she finally gets over the hump and scores a 10, which I just want to see Crystal when she scores a 10, because I've seen her when her teammates score a 10 and she's mm-hmm. very excited for them, but for her to score a 10, I think it's going to be like the roof. next level. So we're going to wrap it up here on Locked on Utes for today. I want to thank again, Michelle Bodkin for joining me. Uh, Michelle, where can the folks find you? You all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bodkin247sports. I have a Facebook page, Michelle Bodkin. I'm not as active on the Facebook, but it's there. If you, if you want to spy on it, totally fine by all means. And then of course, at utezone.com on 247 sports if you're not a subscriber you're missing out steve myself sammy brian damn cole there is a whole cast of characters that are constantly chiming in saying smart stuff funny stuff probably some head scratching stuff because that's just how we roll yeah a lot of food discussions Yes, we are very passionate about food at Ute Zone, maybe more so than the teams, which <laughs> maybe we need to rethink that yeah, strategy, uh, but whatever. We'll figure that out. <laughs> uh, but if you're not subscribed to Ute Zone, seriously subscribe. It helps us do content like this more often. It does. Um, so thank you all again for listening. Thank you for making Locked On Ute your first listen every day. Um, and this has been the Locked On Utes episode for January 14th, 2022. And we will see you guys later. Thank you all for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-shop stop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms.